This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along for the ride and a lot of fun. And uh, and you two. are a lot of fun, Well, Frank. I'm telling you, if you can't giggle, you know... Uh, don't do it. Don't do it, yes. Yeah. If you can't have fun, don't do it. <laughs> and you are a good sous chef of the garden because you live in an apartment and the last thing you ever do is garden. Well, of course. It's kind of perfect. But you know, uh, <laughs> my son, uh, Toby, mm-hmm. uh, the young guy, mm-hmm. gave me uh, and oh. I a, uh, an orchid. Uh, gee, and this would be about two months ago. Still living. Really? Yes. Uh, now, it got a little stressed during the move. <laughs> yes. And dropped do. one or two. But I have two um, flowers on. No, oh, good still. to hear. I have a, um, a question from uh, one of our listeners on the subject of orchids. Perhaps you'd like to answer it for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she laughs right away. Nice. I just, nice. This, it sounds to me like Myrna, who this email is from, yeah. is doing everything right. So I'm just going to have to hold on her questions until I really have an angle. Unless there's somebody out there, which there probably is, who knows a lot about orchids, who could <laughs> call us and let us know why Myrna's having issues with getting more flowers. Okay. She sounds to me like she's doing everything right. All righty. Mm-hmm. Meantime, I better let the folks know yes. uh, my main job here is to give mm-hmm. you the phone numbers, okay? So if you listen in from Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And the first voice you will hear will be that of James Patrick Dooley, our producer on the show and all-around good guy. No question about that. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, today is our last show of the summer. That is right. You're, you told me, when does fall start? 4.44 oh. tomorrow afternoon. Okay, so we've still As got the summer. the autumnal and... equinox moves right in there. Ah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Well, you're, you're quite welcome. So you know what that means. It means equal day, equal night mm-hmm. tomorrow. So it should be 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours. So it's that fast that it gets that dark early, eh? Yeah. I'm wearing shorts because it is still summer as I, far I, as I'm I, concerned. I see that. Your little bony <laughs> knees sticking oh, out there. I wish they were. Uh, <laughs> and it is here in Toronto a very wet very humid, mm-hmm. uh, warm, moist day. Tomorrow's going to be cooler, but a good day to get out in the garden if it's not too soggy at your house. Right. You are. Um, uh, I do have one announcement. The Burlington Horticultural Society upcoming meeting Wednesday, October the 9th, 7.30 p.m. The meeting takes place at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane in Burlington. The topic is Ask a Gardener, and there will be several master gardeners in attendance to answer all your questions. So that's a really good idea for a meeting. Just a general Q's and A's. You got a question, the answers should be there. Uh, Refreshments and, of course, all are welcome. Hey, I forgot to tell you about one other thing. Oh, yeah? Remember I, I went on holidays and I drove uh, yeah. down into the States and visited various friends and went to Vermont, went to Maine, had a ton of fun. Um, when crossing the border 
For some reason, the Border Patrol guy just thought I was a little too chirpy, I think. And he decided to ask me what I do for a living. So I told him, you know, I'm a horticulturalist and a landscape designer. And he said, okay. And then he said, can you roll down your back window? So I rolled down the back window. And he goes, what's in the cooler? I said, you know, a few little odds and sides. And he goes, open it. So, of course, I open it, and he goes, oh, well, you better pull over there. And, you know, the hazmat suits come out, and everybody goes ballistic. Because in my cooler, I had some homegrown vegetables, including tomatoes. And they took my tomatoes away. But wait a minute. You also had carrots in there, right? Beans, carrots, eggplant. All of that was fine. But, no, the tomatoes. Which never touched the ground. Well, that's right. I kept saying, why are you taking the tomatoes? Well, we think it's something to do about the soil. I'm going, these tomatoes haven't ever touched the ground, and I've washed them. No, no, no. Well, then maybe something to do with pesticides. Well, you oh. know, there, uh, there's been no pesticides. I live in Ontario. So the, it was like, oh, well, we just, we just don't know why, but we have to take your tomatoes. And I'm going, yeah, because the wife called and said, honey, on your way home, we pick up some tomatoes. I was going, I can't believe you're taking my tomatoes. taking them to my friend's house. So I showed up with, you know, beans and carrots and eggplant, but no tomatoes. There you go. So just, Another day in the life of, I'm telling just you. Just be careful if you're crossing borders with okay. uh, vegetables, I guess is leave the bottom line. It makes no mm. sense. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to what you yeah. can and can't take across borders. <laughs> That's the bottom line as far well, as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, speaking of being refreshed, mm-hmm. I think it's a good point in the show to maybe tell folks how they may feel refreshed, revitalized, and, and all that. And just three little pills a day will do it for And you. you know this because you've been moving and oh. packing and unpacking yes. and, and boxes and stacking and unstacking. And you're doing it with lots of joy and smiles. Well, okay. And... Now, let's not overplay it too much. <laughs> but at least pain-free. Yes. No aches and not too much stiffness because both Frank and I take something called Sierra Sill. And it's just this magical little mineral, completely natural, uh, taken daily. Mm-hmm. It somehow it keeps the joints running smoothly. So if it's something that might work for you, learn more at sierrasill.ca or call them at one eight seven seven joint 14 You can even pick up Sierra Sill at many health food stores, including Nature's Village on Queen Street South in Streetsville. Okie dokie. And we are going to be back very shortly with our callers here on AM 740 Zoomer Radio, Charlie Dobbin and the Garden Show. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Now, those of you who are regular listeners will hopefully remember last week when we just kind of ran out of time. <laughs> As poor, we often do. Yes. But poor Barbara was hanging on the line there for probably about 10 minutes, and we never could get to her. So I said, G, uh, G, um, James, uh, get her number down, and we'll call her make sure she's the first on the line. So, son of a gun, that's just what we're going to do. Uh, good morning, Barbara. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Great. Morning, Barbara. Where are you calling from? Dunville. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with lots of rain this morning. I bet it's moist down there. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm calling about hostas. Mm-hmm. Um, up until about two years ago, I had a good assortment. Um, they always look good. Uh, no snail problem or anything like that. Well, last year, when they decided to come up, there was only about five or so leaves on a good number of them. So this past spring, you mean like spring 2013? No, oh, 12. Okay. Last yeah. Year. yeah, that's right. So I decided that, well, I'll just see what happens next year. Well, they still look the same this year. Mm-hmm. So I 
kind of wondering what happened, what, because I'd had him for years. Okay. And uh, the hosta grower here said, oh, they, they don't die. No. They keep getting bigger, <laughs> Usually. which they were doing. <laughs> so I'm wondering, can grubs get to them? Ah, uh, they can. Grubs that are under the ground that chew on the roots of our turf, our, yeah, our lawns. Yeah, no roots. There was no roots uh, there. Okay. Well, you're right. Uh, from underground, definitely. There are chewing grubs. There are voles who will chew the roots of plants. There are several uh, insects that will do damage and, and little critters underneath the ground. But when we think of hostas, okay, what I would do, if I had a plant that's a good, trouble-free, dependable, long-lived perennial, like every hosta is, mm-hmm. I would do a couple things. One is I would make sure I top dress this fall and or this coming spring with some very good organic compost. So we're talking, you know, uh, preferably homemade compost, but it could be composted manure. Bottom line, you want to get some good organic material into that your existing soil, liven that soil up a bit. I think you'll find that plants will benefit. The other thing is plants over the years, they get crowded. Mm-hmm. And, and as you mentioned, the clumps get bigger. So you always have the opportunity to separate. In the spring, you see the little um, growing points coming up on your hostas. And mm-hmm. What started as one little growing point soon becomes 10, 15, 20. So with a sharp shovel, you know, lift and chop all these little hostas apart, and often that will be very invigorating as well, just uh-huh. getting them a little bit separated. We've done that here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, good. So that um, – oh. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, and the other thing is, if are they? Is it the green? Is it a variety with white on the outer edge and green? In oh the yeah, center? I had all kind of colors. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, quite. And all of them are suffering. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. odd. Mm-hmm. They're all suffering. So uh, perhaps there's no walnut trees in the area, is there? No. No. Uh, Okay, because that's one of the reasons sometimes plants will start to decline, uh, particularly in the shade of a tree like a walnut. Um, Nothing, no construction around the tree, nothing going on, no no, No salt from the driveway or anything like that. Hmm. Okay, so, I mean, those are the kinds of things we think of soil contamination. Um, I I would certainly stay on top of any insects, like the the snails and the slugs, as you mentioned. There's very good little um, bait um, pellets that we use that work very, very well when we get into uh, wet weather. I, see, I never had a problem with that. Yeah. Well, this uh, year everybody I'm, had a I'm bit of a problem. I'm thinking grubs, but not the snails. Never had any snails there. The leaves all look fine? No holes in the leaves that's at all? right. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Wow, that's a bit of a challenge. I would move them around a bit, and like I said, you cannot go wrong amending your soil. Okay, I'll, I can give that a try. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Definitely do okay. that. Okay, Thanks, thank Barbara. Let I'm us know. time caller. What happened? Hey, oh, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Get on that. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Thanks. Thank You're you. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us here on the Garden Show, Barbara. And uh, I forgot to mention right along the way there, our little mantra that I mention every day. Uh, it is, every or day. every show. Yeah, say. every show, yes. We could call do the show every day, though. We could, yeah. yes. Call early, call often. One question per call. And if you are a first-time caller, let me know because this will be what happens. Yeah. Clarence. Or you get your garden wings. Yes, well. angels and butterflies. Yeah. Maybe we'll make them butterfly wings. Exactly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we, have to, we have to take a little bit of a break here okay. and then come back. We'll have a word with uh, Kyla. And I know she has her cat midnight. And I think oh, she's interested yeah. in growing catnip for Oh, nice. Midnight. I, I so can tell we'll, her all about that. We can find out more about that in just a flash. Okay, back in a moment.
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. All righty, let's uh, get back to the phone lines here, Charlie, and uh, have a word with Kyla calling in from Toronto. Hi, Kyla. Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. Good morning. Um, I'm wondering, Charlie... Oh, uh, Frank, uh, we haven't had an update about Dickens for a long time. Can you give us an update here about well, Dickens? Dickens is doing just um, fine. He, he loves the new I'm apartment. I'm wondering about catnip, Charlie. What's the best way, like, um, can it be growing all year round and, like, light and all that kind of stuff? What about it? Uh, Year-round might be a bit tricky. I grow it outside in my garden, and it does very well all summer. Seeds itself all over the place and comes up again in the spring. Cats love it, and of course it's the kind of thing that we typically will cut it down in the fall, dry it, and have it dry for the winter rather than fresh. But if you have a good, bright, sunny window, there is the possibility that you could keep it growing in the home through the winter. It just needs a lot of bright sun. It's like a, it's a mint plant. Still there, Kyla? Yeah. Did you get that, Kyla? I think we've lost Kyla. Okay. Oh, okay, well, Thanks, hopefully... Kyla. Hopefully I work with that. And uh, cats love catnip. Mine, mine does, as do the neighbor cats. They all have big parties rolling around yeah. at my house in the catnip. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck does it... What is it in, in, that it makes them drunk? Well, it's all, and not all cats respond to it yeah. either. Some cats love it, and some cats walk right by it. And, and it's, I don't know if it's so drunk. It's, they like to roll in it. I think it's like dogs with, you know, dead fish. They like to roll in it. There's some kind of a turn on there. So cats love to roll. You know, we were talking just before the show with mm-hmm. Charlie about Dickens, and uh, we used to make little packets up of tuna and give it to him every night around 6 o'clock just as we were going to sit down to dinner ourselves. And it was his big treat, and he'd always wait by the fridge. But we thought, uh, maybe that's not so good, you know. So I, I went shopping for a cat treat and picked up these uh, little package of Wilson. Don't say it on air. Why not? Well, temptations. Okay. No, and they, you know, they shake the bag and the cat comes around. It works just like that cat. <laughs> I'm telling you, it will go through a brick wall to get to the dark. There's place. such a funny commercial. Did you ever see the one where the cat, you know, it gets rides through the swimming pool yeah, on oh, yeah. a raft and then up yeah. over the fence and well, that's clothesline. exactly how Dickens yeah. reacts to I mean, this. Cats stuff, do I'm love you. it. There's no question. Yep. The commercials don't lie. My cats do no. love my cat. I don't actually have more than one cat, but I have neighborhood cats. So I'm becoming a cat lady. Oh, I've my got cat. When my daughter's helping, she's you know feeding okay. homeless cats and such. <laughs> okay. I understand we have okay. a caller from uh, Collingwood on the line. Margaret, good day. How are you? Hello, Margaret. Good morning. Morning. If you can call it a good morning. <laughs> well, yeah. I need the rain, so it's a good morning. It is, yeah. Anyways, Charlie, I um, I bought a hibiscus plant at the Bradford uh, Gardens in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, all summer, I had beautiful big uh, flowers on it. Then the leaves all started turning yellow and falling off. And now, about um, three weeks, months ago, all new leaves started to come on it. And they're doing well now. And I have uh, a bunch of, a lot of little flowers Mm -hmm. that are coming on it. And it's just sitting in the pot that I bought it in. Mm -hmm. So I don't know whether to uh, plant it or can I bring it in the house and keep it till next spring or what should I do with it? It sounds like you have a tropical hibiscus when you said it had flowers on it in the spring and summer. Tr- like a trumpet-shaped flower? Pardon? A trumpet-shaped flower? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And throughout the spring and the summer? 
just there's different kinds of hibiscus. There's perennial hibiscus. There's tropical hibiscus. Well, it, and, it, no, it didn't say tropical. Mm-hmm. But it's in a little pot. What color are the flowers? Uh, these ones are red. Okay. It's likely a tropical plant, uh, green, sort of a shiny leaf. Yeah. Um, and these, the flowers are in the shape of like a bell, basically, a you know, standing out bell. Yes, they are. Um, lovely plant. Uh, interesting that it dropped all its leaves a few weeks ago. It could have done that due to some stress, either too much or not enough water can cause... I thought maybe I was giving it too much water. It's possible, and particularly with such a moist uh, summer, that could have been the case that it got overwatered, it dropped all its leaves. It sounds good right now. I would not transplant it now. I would make sure it's thoroughly clean, good soap and water wash and drench of the soil in the pot before you bring it in. And you're going to want to bring it in before temperatures go anything lower than 5 degrees Celsius. So you do have time. Certainly, tomorrow's even going to be a very nice day. It's going to be a sunny, clear day, and it's a good day to wash off. This rain has been great to, you know, do some cleaning Mm -hmm. of our plants that might we want to bring in, whether it's herbs or tropical plants. The rain has been great. And then tomorrow, soap and water, not detergent, but liquid soap, 40 to 1 is your... dishwashing soap? As long as it's soap and not dishwashing detergent, yes. Oh, not dishwashing. Yeah, it could be dishwashing soap. That's the main thing, not detergent. 40 to 1 is your ratio. And you mix that up, you spray and spritz and drip and, you know, drench and do all that kind of a soil thing with the soap and water and uh, then clean water to rinse all the soap off and then into the house in the sunniest place you've got. Oh, okay. okay. And it should keep on blooming now? Yep, it should do very, it'll do fine. Just don't overwater it. Air on the side of underwatering rather than overwatering oh, okay. when we bring it in. So what I do is don't water it again inside your home until the leaves start to look a little bit limp. So that might be two weeks from now, three weeks. Don't, oh, take, oh, okay. Yeah, do not water by the calendar. Water by the look of the plant or the lightness of the pot. Okay, and I guess um, I shouldn't give it any fertilizer no. or anything. No, no fertilizer at this time of year. All of our plants are slowing down. Winter's coming. They're, they're pretty smart. They know that. And uh, fertilizer just messes up their, their uh, systems. Oh, okay. Okay, we do fertilize starting in February or March. But not before then. Days have to start getting longer so the plants can use the fertilizer. Okay, so if the if the leaves start to fall off, it, it should I cut it back? Not now. Not you, now. If you're going to do any cutting back, you'll do that in March. In March. Yep. Oh, okay then. Fine then. Thank Good. you very much. Thanks, then, for your Margaret. Help. Yeah. Thanks for your call. Thanks okay, for joining then. the Bye-bye. show here, and this is the Garden Show from AM seven forty. Zoomer Radio. Charlie, we have another first-time caller uh, coming in here do. now. Julia, yes. Julia in Milton, welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. I'm not a first-time uh, listener. I've listened <laughs> quite often. I'm just a first-time caller. That's the important <laughs> welcome thing. Welcome yeah. to the show. That's right. Enjoy your show very much. Thank Picked you. up a lot of good information. Uh, my question is about birch trees. Mm-hmm. I had um, three, three sets of birch trees. Each set included three trees. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh, two of the groupings uh, died completely, like they didn't... um, Like six trees. Yeah, no Mm. leaves at all. Mm. And my third grouping, um, the very top part, I had to have cut off because it was Mm. died. Mm -hmm. Now, what I did notice on the birch trees... Now, this year we did have a lot of rain, so I don't know if that could have been the problem. Like, they've been around for over 10 years, Mm -hmm. so they're established trees. 
And uh, but they, I did notice there was a lot of holes mm-hmm. in the trunk. Yeah. Okay, so you, I know exactly what's going on here, and I'm afraid to say that you're going to lose the other three. Okay. You, what you have is an insect called a bronze birch borer, a borer that bores starting at the top of the tree, up in the tips, uh, lays its eggs there, the eggs hatch, they bore into the tips and down through the trunk. So whenever a birch tree is infested with the insect, you'll always see the, the death or the dying start at the top and work its way down. Birch have such a thin bark, you can even see as the borers get bigger, because uh, when they're tiny babies, they're just you know microscopic, but as they get bigger, because they're eating as they go down, you'll see lumps like it looks like varicose veins on the birch lumps actually sticking through the bark the sorry the bark of the birch and under that lump of course is one of those horrible borers and yes they do cause the death of the tree uh you have a fairly big property to have planted that many birch trees you must oh yeah i'm on three quarters of an acre good for you if you want to replace those birches and i wouldn't at all uh suggest that you don't replace them because they're lovely plants, particularly in a big garden, and they just they're in every season. Clumps of birches add a beautiful, beautiful feel and quality to the garden. Look to buy something called river birch or Betula nigra. So river birch, same peely bark, lovely plants totally resistant to the bronze birch borer, and they love the moisture. So in a wet summer, they are happy plants. If anything, last summer would have been very stressful on the birch because it was such a dry summer. All right? Yes. Okay. And now, uh, how did you spell the name of this? Uh... The proper Latin name for birch is Betula, B-E-T as in Tom, U-L-A, and then Nigra, N-I-G-R-A. Common name is river birch, which okay, so tells you it okay. loves to be planted near water. And what was the name again of this um, uh, boar? Bronze. Bronze, like the metal. Oh, okay. B-R-O-N-Z-E. Yep. Birch okay. borer. Okay. All right. Yeah, do a little Google search on that. And you'll Can see you what's going on. Can you spray or anything? Like no. You've, no. No. Back in the days when we used to be able to use Saigon, yeah. people would use that as a preventative. But for the last 11 years, we haven't been using Saigon, so we're not preventing them at all. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's too bad because, I, oh, I just love the birches. I know. They're, so, oh, I, yeah. they're just seasonal. Like, they're just beautiful they're, all year round. Absolutely, and they're a yeah. great choice. So, like I say, don't hesitate to replant with a better, a better variety of birch. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks so much. Julia, for joining the show. Day. You and betcha. You. For, she was a first-time caller. I know. I, oh, you and gave I did, her her wings? Oh, I wasn't paying attention. I did ring her in, as it were. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. So, uh, interesting that Julia, or not Julia, but that Margaret, Sorry, we were just, yeah, Julia, uh, we're talking about birches and all this wet and was that maybe mm-hmm. a bad thing? Well, of course, birch trees love moisture. And as I say, a name yeah. like river birch tells you. Uh, and very timely to be talking about weather and the kind of weather we just had because we have a very special guest. Do we ever? I was most impressed you've lined this up. Oh, you know me. Just uh, always yeah. on the beat, you know, <laughs> cub reporter. We have Janice Stillman joining us. She is the editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac. Uh, the uh, She has been the editor since the year 2000. But keep in mind that the Old Farmer's Almanac has been in continuous publication for 222 years. That's amazing. That's the longest running continuous publication in North America. I think probably in the world, but maybe not. Maybe just North America. But remember, the Canadian edition has only been around, I think, for about 40 years. Mm -hmm. Now, Janice edits both, the Canadian and the American um, uh, edition. She's also the first woman editor. And what's kind of neat is that 
222 years, they've only had 13 editors of the Old Farmer's Almanac. So when you get that job, you plan on staying. I was going to say, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get tenured, I think. So Janice is joining us. I'm not sure whether she's in New Hampshire right now or Massachusetts, but she is. Well, let's uh, welcome her to the show. Hi, Janice. Us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank us. you for such a generous uh, introduction. Oh, thank you for joining us on your day off. I imagine you must want a break. It must be crazy busy for you. I'm on my way to go bike riding, actually. Oh, but, good for uh, you. I'd love to talk to folks, and I'd, you know, I'd love to hear those kinds of questions. We get that at our website, almanac.com, all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, folks who have, you know, fabulous plants and something goes wrong mm-hmm. or, or, you know, the like, and um, we try to help them out just like you. Yeah, exactly. I know, and it's, it's nonstop, right? There's always yeah, one more question. Okay. I know. If you love it, if you, if, uh, you obviously are a gardener. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I know you've had quite a lot to do with some of the, uh, every year, just more little tips inside the almanac. Oh, you know, we have tips and features, best days, and, you know, um, it, a lot of traditional things, too, about gardening. So it's, it's the old and new, and, mm-hmm. you know, of course, at the Old Farmers Almanac, we're old, but not old-fashioned. But, mm-hmm. you know, for example, in the 2014 edition, we've got... Um, some great ideas for introducing edibles into an ornamental garden. And, in fact, these are some um, fabulously looking plants as well, like your, uh, I may not say this properly, but Triunfo Violetto pole bean or the fava beans or the Malabar spinach. And even, um, you know, varieties of kale and uh, Brussels sprouts can introduce a texture yeah. and a... Absolutely. No, you're absolutely, it's a mixed kind of a gardening. What do they call that? A potager, where you've got the ornamental and the edible, or the practical and the, and the ornamental mixed together? Yeah, it's fabulous. It, yeah. I do, I've been doing it for years. You know, you've got the hot, sunny spots where your roses are happy. And of course, yeah. who else wants to be in the hot, sunny spots? Well, the tomatoes, the peppers. You're right. You know, so you, or an eggplant. I find an eggplant a very oh. ornamental plant. Oh, that's nice. And parsley, you know, all those things. So that, that is a good article. And it's full color, I noticed, in your almanac. That, yes. that article. That's pretty beautiful. Yeah. Well, we try to introduce some color in the front pages just because things like this planting um, article, this garden article, just look best that way. Yeah. You know? And then we've got another article because, um, again, like you with your, the questions from your readers, we get questions every year about why people's vegetable gardens fail. And mm-hmm. more often than not, it's because folks don't understand or fail to rotate. Mm-hmm. So, uh, frankly, I was one of them. Mm-hmm. I really didn't understand the, the balance and the, the simple system of ro- crop rotation for years. And, and um, so we have an article that I think folks will find very easy to follow for mm-hmm. three, four, even eight-year uh, rotation cycles. And it's quite an extensive article, I noticed. You know, it's well, multi-pages you know, again, long. Again, having been a Good. victim, I wanted to answer all the questions. Yeah, up front. <laughs> but, you know, I think f- here in Toronto, where a lot of the gardeners are urban gardeners, sometimes mm-hmm. balcony gardeners, mm-hmm. they, they look at me aghast at the idea of, how can I rotate? I haven't got room to rotate. Well, but, you know, it's true, though. Yeah, um, people don't realize that just because you put plants in a pot, you can't, for example, put your tomatoes in the same pot year after year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to change the soil. That's that's right. Or change the plant. That, exactly. And and sometimes when you have a small garden, you have to go to the pot for the tomato one mm-hmm. year and then mm-hmm. back into the garden mm-hmm. another another two years later or whatever. So mm-hmm. so wonderful. Really good information. I'm One of my all-time favorites, it's always in the almanac, is the planting by the moon guidelines. Oh, yeah. I love that. It, now, some folks swear by that. I, I have to admit, I, and these are just the best days, not the only days, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the planting above ground or below ground yeah. based on the moon's size. And, um, you know, we hear from folks all year long who say that really works for them. 
I know. Oh, absolutely. Many gardeners do swear by it. I mean, they're obviously studying the moon and, and making it work for them. Um, I, I just think it's such a, I love the idea of it. It's very romantic, if you ask me. Yeah. And, you know, the, the curious thing about it is that apparently it's based on the idea that the moon influences the moisture in the so- soil right. in a microscopic way that it influences the tides. Now, the tides on the ocean or some lakefronts will be fairly dramatic. Mm -hmm. But um, it's fascinating to me to think that, you know, again, based on above ground or below ground, the seed or the transplant Mm -hmm. will um, succeed or fail based on these dates. We give you the dates, so... That's right, and respond differently, because it's all about gravity. Like, full moon uh, has the biggest pull, and that's supposed to be the highest tide, and the water's supposed to be highest in the soil at the same time. So, Janice, whenever I think of the uh, Old Farmer's Almanac, I I think of the weather forecasts ah. that, you know now i is this true i heard a little rumor that uh this uh is a very special secret the formula of how you formulate your your weather forecasts the actual mathematical calculation is unknown even to me yes really yeah it's yeah. top secret i'm telling you but i can i can tell you that we use we use science i mean the proverbs are fun and we do uh, pay attention to those at the almanac you know the various animal weather plant and things that uh, mm-hmm. indications but they tend to be short term mm-hmm. so our long term formula is a secret but our disciplines the science that we use is quite simple it's solar science which is the study of the activity on the sun mm-hmm. in particular the sunspot cycles we use climatology, which essentially means that we look back into history, decades and even centuries, to see what was happening under similar solar cycles. Mm-hmm. And then we use meteorology, which is the study of the atmosphere and the ocean uh, temperatures and the jet stream and like that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really something. And you have an 80% correctness. Well, traditionally we're 80% accurate, but you know what? Last year we had a, um, I have to admit, I was even stunned. Our temperature forecast was especially good. Um, we were within one degree on average of actual temperature conditions across the country. Wow. Yeah, that's what I find when it gets into the real nitty-gritty details, I kind of take that a bit with a grain of salt. But I have always found the Almanac's forecast in general. You know, like I'm looking at southern Ontario mm-hmm. uh, for next, for 2014. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that winter temperatures will be above normal on average. The mm-hmm. coldest periods uh, will be in mid to late December, so I don't really worry too much about those details. It's more just that idea of it being above normal in terms of temperatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, precipitation will be above normal in the east and below normal in the west. So mm-hmm. the west being like the northwest, I think the Thunder Bay, Sault Ste. Marie area. Right. And the right. east being more, the, even Toronto is probably considered the east exactly and right. Ottawa yep. and the Quebec border. Yep. Um, so, uh, snowfall will be below normal, which mm-hmm. is always good for those of us that have to do a lot of shoveling. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> greater than normal in the west but uh, lower than normal in the east. So, mm-hmm. I mean, April and May are going to be slightly warmer and rainier than normal, mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting because this last April and May was rainy but cold. Ah. So, And that had been forecast as well yeah. in your almanac. <laughs> Janice, how many copies of the Ill Farmer's Almanac do you sell? Print. Well, we print um, slightly more than 3 million. That's the U.S. and Canadian. And, and wow. in Canada, we uh, print mm-hmm. about a half a million and distribute those uh, you know, from coast to coast. And uh, where are they available? Wherever books and magazines are sold, um, also in your hardware stores, your supermarkets, your uh, you know g- g- grocery stores and books, wherever you can find printed publications, but also on our website, almanac.com. Mm-hmm. And you can certainly purchase the Canadian edition or the American edition it, online. It, and it's a little bit less expensive to buy the online or the digital version than the hard copy, right? Yeah, a couple dollars, but yeah. you know, some folks 
like to use the screen, but other folks still like to have the paper and yeah. be able to yep. note it. And to be honest with you, they take it right out into the dirt with them. Absolutely. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm still <laughs> back in the turn the page. <laughs> Give me real paper. What a fabulous job you have. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, you, you my know, voice mission, is dripping with envy right now. <laughs> I, thank you for that, because I have to admit, I, it's true. The mission of the old Farmer's Almanac since the first, by, you know, when it was founded by Robert B. Thomas, who's actually pictured on the cover, was to be useful with a pleasant degree of humor. Mm-hmm. And what better job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Useful with some humor. That's what we were saying that at the top of this show. You know, if you're not having fun doing it, don't do it. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so. And then, and then that's your mandate. That's your mission. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, yeah, we well, laugh through every day. There you go. Good Great stuff. stuff. Thank you, Janice. Well, thanks for, for having us on. And, you know, remember, if it snows in March... Mm-hmm. That's a good thing because snow in March is as good as manure, and you know what? You don't have to spread it. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Excellent. Enjoy your bike ride. Thank you. All right, almanac.com. Thank you. Thanks, Janice. That's Wonderful great. guest. I know, funny. Eh? Yeah, we have to keep in touch with her. You know. Yeah. I, okay. I'm on it. All righty. Very good. <laughs> and uh, better to check the time here. It's nine forty. Right in the button. That means it's time to get re-energized again. Frank's doing his I, finger push-ups I, on the. It's uh, always table so amazing. Here, yeah. Just don't put on the the uh, spandex to do finger no, push-ups. No spandex that's just this Not a good thing. <laughs> 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 the Frank Proctor fan club. We should, <laughs> anyway, I'm just thinking about something that came in the mail to Frank. He, Frank has a fan club. It's, Anybody yes. wants to join it, uh, they could get in touch with Frank. Kimberly Cushell up there in Aurelia oh, has they, organized my international <laughs> fan club. And they, I guess they can get in touch with you by email, just like they get sure. in touch. Of course, my email address is c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. So Frank <laughs> must be f.proctor, that's O-R, at mzmedia.com to yeah. join the fan club. Because we he have needs five more members. members right now. That includes my cat Dickens and well, James. That's right. And I was going to say, you know, my Twitter, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Charlie Dobbin. Now I started with one follower. I think I'm up to about 140 or 50 no now. Yeah. Wow. It does take a while. Okay. It's kind of like your fan club. No no worries. It'll it'll grow. Huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sound very convincing at all there. <laughs> well, we'll get yeah. that. People yeah. taking Sierra Sill should join Frank's uh, fan club. How's that? Boomers who want to ma- want to maintain the freedom to be active, whether it's golfing or gardening or moving, unpacking boxes, you want to do that with as little pain and as few whining and, and squeaks as possible. Sierra Silk can really help. It is a completely natural supplement taken daily. Three little pills. It's magical. It does take the pain out of the out of the joints. So for more information, sierrasil.ca. Call them at one eight seven seven joint fourteen or pick up Sierrasil at many health food retailers like Essence of Life in Kensington Market in Chinatown. S i e r r a s i l. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Ooh, people can see us on from the street, you know. Oh, can they really? We were dancing. We were dancing to that one. <laughs> we do have waving windows our arms now. in the air, being like little daisies in the yeah. wind. Yeah, right? and I just looked through the newsroom and Bob Konsek. Uh, I think I threw him. Yeah. Yeah, was, he's probably recording some 
news items or whatever. Yeah, and with a giggle, I hope. Yes, I hope so, too. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no giggling about this. Uh, guy's been on the line almost 20 minutes, oh. so let's get him on the air, for heaven's sakes. Clifford in Welland, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, me again. Morning. Hi, this is kind of a follow-up mm-hmm. on a question I asked you last week about the trumpet vines mm-hmm. and seeds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got um, this old Japanese maple in the front yard, and my wife has suggested me cutting it down a few times. <laughs> I had a thought the other day of just putting the trumpet vine seeds around the base and letting the tree become a sort of trellis. Mm, that could work. And uh, choke out the tree instead of me having to dig up roots and everything and chop the damn thing down. I'll just let the trumpet vines choke it. Yeah, it will ultimately. Um, yeah, it may choke it, but it also just by covering, you know, the leaves just cover over the leaves of the Japanese maple and it dies from lack of sunlight usually. Uh, and then it would be like a big yeah. uh, trumpet tree. Mm-hmm, so exactly. It'd be, be kind of cool, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, how long would a, a dead tree last to support? Something like that. Well, the nice thing about Japanese maples, any maple, or not any, but many maples, is that they are hardwood, so they're a little stronger and longer lasting than many of the softer trees, like the poplars and birches. Right. Uh, so I would think that a Japanese maple, I mean, I guess it depends. When you say old, and it's just well, not in good condition, obviously. Well, it's kind of spindly, and there's not a lot of leaves. It's not very big, and mm-hmm. the trunk is only maybe four inches in diameter at most. So it might be 10 or 15 years old? Yes. It was here when we bought the house. And how long ago was that? Uh, about seven years. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it probably is like maybe 10 or 15 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, hard to say why it's not in good condition. Uh, it would it will last, I would say, off the top of my head, depending on sort of moisture levels and temperatures, uh, 10 years probably. Oh, okay. And you know what? It's a really good thing if you can leave dead trees on your property. Most of us don't because they aren't, don't look nice and our properties aren't big enough. Right. But they are a wonderful home for many beneficial insects and birds and little critters. They right. make their little homes. They, you know, dig cavities in the wood. And they, of course, the ants and the fungus is all breaking down the wood. And other insects are eating some of those ants and fungus. It's all, you get a really nice little ecosystem going if you can leave dead stumps and dead trees on your property. Oh, and it saves me having to chop and dig. Exactly. Well, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Gee, it never dawned on me before that it'd be a good thing to do. That's right. And a trumpet vine tree would be a really, uh, you know, something to talk about. The neighborhood will wonder how you did it. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, <laughs> and one thought just in passing. Uh-huh. You mentioned that the Almanac's probably the longest-running publication. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be the Bible? Good. Well, I guess and so. continuous publication. Yeah, yeah well, the thing, it doesn't get updated, though. I was going to say, they don't update the Bible. Yeah, I think their claim is in North America, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> thanks for adding that little note, Clifford. Appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and thanks Bye. for joining us on the show, The Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. Now going to Cayuga. No, not on the uh, drag strip there, but just to talk to Helen, who uh, has a question about a tall plant. Well, let's find out what's going on there. Good morning, Helen. Well, good morning. Morning. Uh, I love you, uh, you guys. You're just great. Thank you. I want to find out about this plant that I have. It's um, it's about six feet tall, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it's called, but it has long, tapered leaves. There's a white stripe down the center, and then the two shades of green on the leaves. And I like to be able to top it off, take about three feet off it. Does it flower? It's all, it's sorry. Now, and I, okay, sorry to interrupt. Does it flower? 
No, no, no flowers. No, no. flowers. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is inside your house? Yes. Okay, yes. I know what it is. Okay, I was wondering. I was flash thinking about outdoor stuff. All right, that's a form of Dracaena. So D as in dog, R-A-C-E-N-A. There are many Dracaenas used in our homes as houseplants. They are tropical. Um, they're great for freshening up the air and looking mm-hmm. after pollutants in the air. So we do like Dracaenas. They also grow well in low light conditions. So they're lovely oh. for that reason. So, so it's about... It's right beside the patio door, so it gets lots of light. Yeah. You drive on it. Yeah. Right there. So are there leaves right to the bottom of the, of the stems or is they, are they just up at the top? No, no, they're right through the, all, the, mm. the whole stem. And is it just a single stem? Uh, yes, uh huh, a long tapered one. Okay, so one single stem, lots of leaves, six feet tall, getting ready to hit the ceiling. Yes. And looking probably a bit silly too. It's like a little tower standing there. Yes, really. Yeah. I, I would cut chop it. Chop it off. I would chop it off, but you know what? I would try and wait until spring if you can, or like February. Oh, really? <clears throat> well, this is a funny... See, remember when we prune plants, it invigorates and causes new growth. That's kind of one of the reasons we prune is we want to shape the plant differently. We want it to be healthy and happy and, and fill out beautifully. Yeah. So right now, all of our plants, including our indoor tropical plants, are hunkering down for winter. Days oh. are getting shorter. They're all slowing down. They're using less water. They're growing less. They're forming fewer flowers, generally speaking, depending on the variety. And they are just not looking to be invigorated. So what if you can hold off, I would just do what you've done for the last number of years with that plant through the fall and winter. But come sort of, you know, Valentine's Day, get out your chainsaw, cut it down to ha- three feet tall if you want. Just cut it right in half okay. and, uh, and then let it go from there. And you'll find it'll send a bunch of little side shoots out. And you could theoretically save the top and start another plant. Oh, I see. When you did you say to fertilize it at all from now on? Or no, just in the spring when you do that pruning. Just keep it start uh, fertilizing. Water, a little bit of water. Yeah, mm-hmm. monthly, starting in the spring, yep. Oh, well, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again. Okay, have a great day, Helen. And thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show from AM740 as we broadcast live from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And, you know, I'm going to do a little walking uh, between now and noon when I come back to do the diner. Uh, I think I'm getting more invigorated, and you know why, Charlotte. I do know why. You do know why. Because you represent a boomer that wants the freedom to maintain your favorite activities with reduced aches and stiffness. And that's what a zoomer is. That's right. And that's you. You fit it. I am. I know. You're seeking... The penultimate Zoomer. I'm going to change into my spandex outfit. Captain Zoomer. Oh, my God. i got to cover my eyes. Ah. All right. Okay. So why is Frank changing into a spandex? Because he's so invigorated, taking his Sierra Sill and being pain-free. He's off to go and rescue small cats on rooftops or something. And you, too, can be a wacko like Frank. Sierra Sill. Three little pills a day. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L dot C-A or... 1877-JOINT14 or pick up Cirrusil at Good Health Mart locations. Hamilton, Woodbridge, Bramley, Guelph, Cambridge, two Burlington locations, Mississauga and Aurora. Wacko. Look who's <laughs> the pot calling the kettle black. How about that? S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L Don't change the radio station. 
Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Nice to join you on this Saturday morning, last day of summer. And a big hello to Glow in Hamilton. Hi, Glow. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Hello. A lot of rhyming going on there. That was all unintentional, I got to tell you. Hello. Hello, Glow. Good morning, Glow. Good morning. How are you? Great. Enjoying your show and enjoying that pill too because I have aching knees Ah. and they they are helping me. Yes, indeed. Good idea. Um, I sent you email, but it didn't. Uh, um, I didn't get response. Uh, that happens sometimes. I don't. I can't answer every but email. It was before um, your vacation, and again I sent after you came back to the show, and but it still doesn't. Uh, um, I don't get response. Well, I'll tell you what. Why What's don't you ask the question, the question now then? Oh, yes, it, I sent with the picture because it explained better. But now my question is the other thing. Uh, I over uh, over uh, fertilized the lawn, and lawn is yellow. Mm-hmm. And not only that, plus instead of fall fertilizer, I used the spring fertilizer. Oh, okay. It was twenty four, twelve, ten, something like that. Mm-hmm. So what is the the result? Is just uh, lawn is lots of spots are burnt. Okay, and just in like it's all spotty now. So yellow and green or yellow everywhere? Um, yellow and green. Okay. What I would do is, of course, it's raining at your house now, I assume, yes. and rained all night. Yes. When did you apply the fertilizer? Week ago. Week ago. So the best thing whenever you worry that you've over-fertilized, whether it's a lawn or a garden or an indoor plant, is water. Because yes. water will neutralize the over-fertilization and the salt that you've put on to the, to the plant. And, of course, when the plant turns yellow, it's because the little roots have gotten burned by the salt. And, like I say, water will neutralize. So what I would do is I'd keep an eye on the lawn right now. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a sunny day. We're going to have some more sun coming. So don't hesitate to put your sprinkler out and add more water. Just sort of keep watering it for the next week or so. The yellow lawn may come through. The green lawn's going to be fine. The yellow lawn may come through or it may die. And that's what you're going to discover over the next few weeks. If the yellow lawn just keeps getting yellower and yellower and just dries up and blows away, you will need to replant those areas. And, of course, fall is a great time to be top dressing with a little bit of soil and overseeding with the correct grass seed. Not a problem. You can do that. The grass will come up again, and you'll never know next spring that you had splotches all over the place at this time of year. So I don't need to get out. No, no. Water will do it, will solve all your problems for you. Okay. So that's the main thing is just keep on the water for, like I said, even if it's every day for the next week and your neighbors are going to think you're crazy out there watering when it's already so wet. But that's the one way that you can get that fertilizer moved through and perhaps save the lawn. If I leave it all the winter, the snow will uh, help it. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but like if it if you can tell um, a month from now, because you know by the middle of October you will know whether that lawn is coming back or not. And so if it's not coming back, you can then plant grass seed, or you're right, you can wait and do it next spring. So would you please look at my email, please? I'm happy to. That was one about the Alberta spruce and all those things being planted too close together, right? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. I will. I will respond to that email. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Glow. <laughs> Thanks, Glow. Now I don't. Do we have time for one more caller here? Only do if, you we, think? if we. If I don't talk too long. <laughs> okay. okay. Inda in Scarborough, anxious to get to, through to the show here. Good morning, Inda. Good morning. Morning. I would like to ask about the roses I put uh, in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you cut them down? Mine are long stem roses mm-hmm. and. And I also have climbing roses. Mm. In the winter, the only trimming I do for hybrid tea and climbing roses is what's absolutely necessary. So what that means is that if the climber has canes that are waving around in the wind or you know going out over a walkway, I cut them back in the fall just to keep them safe and not getting damaged. Right. Same with the hybrid teas. If they're so tall that they're going to wave around in the wind and damage the canes, I cut them down. But no further than the height of your knees. That's no lower on any of your roses than knee height in the fall and only as necessary. In the spring, however, we go right down to ankle height. Not with the climbers necessarily, but we go right down and do a hard pruning with our, all of our um, hybrid tea roses uh, in the spring. Okay. But, I was, uh, like, I want, uh, do, you, do you cover them with uh, um, Soil. That's all. I have uh, those foam uh, hats. To put over uh, and this, the wind, the styro- Did you say styrofoam? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you can. Uh, I, based on the forecast that we just got from the uh, Farmer's Almanac, I wouldn't use the styrofoam in Scarborough. If you lived in Thunder Bay right now, I would say, yes, use the styrofoam. So it's one of those things. It's just not going to be cold enough, and the styrofoam things can cause more problems than you want because they trap so much moisture and, and sometimes... The whole plant just turns to fungus, uh, so I would not do that. But if you, they have a new kind of some kind of material, uh, but it has uh, it's like a mesh, yep. and, and it lets air in. Yeah. Okay. You could go that route if you want to. I typically just put a big pile of soil on top of my roses once they're dormant, so not till November. Okay, it's got to be a nice cold winter day when you go out and put the protection on your roses. If you protect too early, you will cause all kinds of new growth because you'll protect a lot of warmth inside your, your coverings. Do you put soil on or do you could put on, um, what my daughter said, something like, um, uh, not, uh, what do you call that? Compost? Com- not compost. Sorry. Mulch? Mulch, yeah. Yeah, you could, but it has to be a pretty fine mulch. It's all about air. When we are using a soil or something to insulate to our plants, it's not to keep them warm. It's to keep them from all the the variations that we get in our winter temperatures. Right. So it's trapping air between the particles is what will keep the plants dormant. So that's the bottom line. Wait till November. And we'll talk more about roses as we get a little colder. Yeah. And Thanks. I'm sorry, we have to scoot along here. The end okay. of the show has arrived, my Thank gosh. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Speaking of arriving, uh, Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, the guys have arrived, and they're set to entertain and inform. All right. I uh, hope Patrick that they Dooley. made Thank it down you. in that crazy uh, oh. closed Gardner Expressway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thank you, James Patrick Dooley. Thank you, Frank. Thanks to our callers. Thanks to the Old Farmer's Almanac. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.